Monday. Hey everybody, James here. Daily movie review of the Beavis podcast. And to this week is Susie Week. What Susie Week is, that is the name of my other half. And she's been telling me ever since I started these daily movie reviews that I need a week dedicated to myself. And she uh, she gave me a whole list. Not for two weeks, but I wrote them down to the stuff that I am personally interested in. So the first one is actually one that I've been wanting to check out for a while. I've been ever since I've moved to Canada, I've always wanted to check this out, but just never, you know, there's those movies that kind of just follow you around and you hear references and you see stuff and everything like that. So the first one on the list, like I just mentioned, is Fubar, a 2002 movie directed by Michael Dowles, starring Paul Spencer, David Lawrence, and Andrew Sparacino. And from what I knew before going into this movie that it was a cult classic, I've actually heard most of the jokes of this movie uh, before I even seen the movie. Um, one, one phrase I actually quite often use but before I heard this was uh, let's give her, which is, you know, let's get going or let's, you know, go to work. And so I always knew about that. I always, and so going in, I always heard it was kind of like the prototype of trailer park boys, Funny enough, one of the actors in this plays his character in this movie in the new series of Trader Park Boys. Like it's like a spin-off where they're in jail. So we've got that. Uh, this is a movie based in Calgary. It is very much in the way of this is Spinal Tap in that it's a mockumentary. It's also kind of a prototype version of what the Jackass crew did with Bad Grandpa and stuff like that, where it's people acting a fool in front of in front of uh, non actors, and then getting their live reaction and work working from there. Uh, one thing I didn't realize was this movie has quite a bit of heart. Uh, the whole premise is a documentary crew are following two headbangers in their lives, and it's discovered that one of them is in need of a operation. And so it's all about him, all about trying to get him to get involved with this, uh, you know, get this operation done because he keeps walking away from it. And also it's about him celebrating what could be his last, you know, last few months alive. So it was uh, very interesting. I really enjoyed it. I also, like I said, the whole heart of this is, I think, why this movie is a cult classic. Um as a runtime of an hour and 19 minutes, um, it's, I really did enjoy, <laughs> I really uh, did enjoy this, despite me kind of already knowing a, a lot of the jokes, there's bits that were just really out there, really funny. Uh, the dialogue between the, the characters, especially the main two, uh, Dean and Terry, are pretty hilarious. And I can, I can see where something like Trader Park Boys, uh, Got, got it from that's you know and even letter kenny like a lot of those shows kind of felt like it was influenced by this and just fantastic all round uh i really enjoyed it like i said th- there were a few issues that i had with it 
And I wouldn't call this a great movie or even like, you know, the best ever, but it does what it needs to do. Um, I, like I said, I can see what the whole cult class, you know, classic uh, label for it. I enjoyed the soundtrack. I liked some of the uh, on the nose stuff, like Run to the Hills by Our Maiden as they're going hiking. Uh, for, for some reason, I always kind of like on the nose stuff sometimes, uh, especially if it's stuff I'm into. So, uh, as for my review, as for what I thought about this, so this movie is a very funny movie. I really enjoyed the heart that was put into this. Uh, I didn't expect that. I, also, I, I thought there would be more hijinks and stuff like that. But, you know, the whole story with him, you know, going through this and doing what's right and stuff like that. And them just being nice guys. I also got a uh, all gas, no breaks, a.k.a. Channel 5 vibe from it, kind of like a proto where they're just hanging out, asking people questions and stuff like that. It felt like that too. So this is a very, in my opinion, influential film. And so as for my review, as for my score, I'm going to give this a good old free blanks because it's a fantastic Canadian classic, in my opinion. It really uh, establishes the whole, you know, grimy Canadian aspect which I've kind of discovered since I've came here that they're not all just a bunch of people that say sorry and polite that you do get dickheads like you get dickheads everywhere else so that was it if uh, if you have any Canadian like cult classics uh, that might be the theme for the week but if you have any that you know of that you will want me to check out uh, make sure you throw down a comment below uh, like and subscribe and if you are also if you have any other recommendations throw it on also if you want to check out uh, this in audio form weekly i will be posting seven days worth of reviews all in one uh, audio file on the rss feed just check it out it's available on spotify we also do our regular episodes each week which are a lot of fun and every two weeks we do a live stream where we basically talk about stuff for an hour and have fun with it. So thank you guys very much. And I will see you tomorrow. Tuesday. Everybody, James here for another daily movie review. As Susie Week continues, I have checked out... 2015's Room, directed by Lenny Abrahamson. Hopefully I got that right. And starring Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay. And when talking to her about this, I believe we were on vacation and she watched this on a plane and she's always taught this up to me. This whole week is pretty much her trying to get me to finally sit down and, and check out the stuff that she wants me to check out. Um, I'm pretty open-minded oftentimes, but uh, she's a bit bullheaded and won't get take my recommendations. So here's me going, "Hey, I'm not going. I'm not going to check out your recommendations." But now she's got me in a corner, so I decided to check this out. And this is really good. This is uh, I watched this on Netflix. It's available on Netflix pretty much worldwide. Uh, I you know checked it out on the Canadian Netflix and. It's a really 
really interesting as I watched it. It's about a woman who has uh, been captured for seven years. And in five of those years, she's taken care of her son, who was uh, conceived by the father by the father who is also the captor who comes in every night to uh, uh, have relations with her against her will. And uh, it's very interesting just checking it out. And the one thing I'm kind of glad and, you know, spoiler alert is that it doesn't uh, just focus on her uh, trying to escape from the room. It's a whole story in that that is only the, beginning of the story i really did enjoy that they looked into how these kind of people who go through this stuff how they're affected in ways after the fact and how they struggle and everything like that and uh great act tim by jacob Tremblay. i've seen him in plenty of stuff before uh good boys i've heard him do voice acting here and there and i've always liked him as a child actor i think he's one of the strongest child actors going right now but he really i think this was one of his first roles and he's really good he is really good in this movie and almost re- unrecognizable at times uh just the way uh he looks in this movie and even Brie larson i've seen her in countless stuff captain marvel of course she's fantastic and scott pilgrim and She's really good in this. This is one of her best roles that she has done. Uh, she really threw herself into this role and ma- generally made me forget who she was at times, the way she got into this role. This actually kind of reminds me of one of my favorite movies, uh, God- Gardens of the Night with Virgilian uh, Jacobs. It kind of reminds me of that, that it focuses on not just the trauma of what they're dealing through, but more of it the after effects and how that person kind of struggles to deal with the changes around them because it's such a uh, insane uh, situation to be in. And it will take years or or even may never happen that they could not go through that. So I generally enjoyed it. I I like that they gave it a good ending too. Um, But yeah, just fantastic. Uh, great acting all round. Uh, the bit, the bit part players in this, including the parents, I really enjoyed. I, I really like that they didn't skimp out on details and different things here and there. That you know, they, I love that. It also focuses on how things have changed since they've been away and uh, how hard it is for different people to deal with someone that has been gone for seven years in your life slowly comes back. Um, so as for my review, uh, I'm going to give this a four blanks. I went in this with zero expectations. I, I went in this going, okay, let's let's see what this is all about. And came out going, that was really good. So four blanks. Uh, as for the next two days, I'm probably going to throw in some uh, short films uh, just to spread it out. I'm actually going to be watching a few of the, these movies with uh, Suzanne. Because uh, she wants to rewatch them too, so it'll be very interesting to uh, check them out. And there are a, quite a few popular ones, so it's going to be very interesting. And uh, I will catch you guys tomorrow. Wednesday. Hey everybody, James here from BB Does Podcast. 
day three of Suzy Week, daily movie reviews, blah, blah, blah. And for the next couple of days, I am going to be doing some short moves. I am going to uh, kind of lighten them my load. I've got a podcast coming up tomorrow, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So I decided to just uh, bust out a couple of stuff, just... Uh, you know, easy viewing, easy reviewing, I guess. Uh, unfortunately, though, the first one that she picked for me was not easy viewing. Uh, so I checked out Anima, a based on the Farm York album of the same name, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson of Boogie Nights fame. And all right, so this is good. I've really like tried to wrap my head around this. And story zero, zero story. It is hundred percent a performative short movie. Um, I would, like I said, there is zero story to this. It, it didn't really capture me in the way that I hoped, but visually and just the way it was presented is high marks for me. Like this, some, uh, it's pretty much very much a collection of music videos put together with a reoccurring theme. Uh, Farm York is, my apologies if I mess his name up, is starring in this entire 15-minute short. And he he's uh, involved in this. He goes from place to place. He starts on a tram. He ends up on a bus. Uh, pretty much it's my... If there is a story, this it is my commute to work sometimes where I'm getting different buses and wanting to fall asleep and thinking of my, my other half. <laughs> That's what I'm taking away from it. I've been like, I even like looked at other reviews to try and capture the points. And even I, I couldn't even see it. Like I, I was paying as much attention as I could. And I, this is a perfect example of something that is not for me. Um, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the performances. But as an overall package, and to call this a short movie is really stretching it, in my opinion. Uh, like, I don't want to shit on this. I don't want to hate this. I don't want to say it's terrible. Um, but it, it's good for technical aspect and visual aspect it's just nothing about this grabbed me from from the offset um and that's it like this it's not a one but it's i'm gonna give it a two blanks it's mediocre and that is because other than the performances and some of the camera design there's nothing else in this uh, if you're a huge radio head or from York fan, this is for you. If you like your uh, music videos more on the artsy side, this is for you. If you just want to waste 15 minutes watching someone get the bus, this is for you. So that is my review for Anima. And tomorrow, hopefully the next short one has at least some semblance of a story. Later, guys. Thursday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast. Back 
with a daily movie review. My apologies due to circumstances. I could not do a daily movie review yesterday. So today we're getting two. Now, I watched The Big Snit, a 1985 animation directed by Richard Condy. It is about a couple who have a fight over a game of scramble, Scrabble and are unaware that the nuclear war has just begun. Now, from what I've been reading, from what I've been looking at, this this whole movie is a huge influence on The Simpsons. Even so, that in uh, I think it's where Bart really gets intelligent. He plays a game of Scrabble. A lot of that was lifted from this short. Like this was heavily referenced in that and. This to me, I, I I do remember seeing this actually. I do remember enjoying this when I was young. Uh, I've also seen like the DVD case quite a bit as well. I think it's like part of a giant collection, so I, I remember that too. Now, this is pretty much a uh, about a, a couple that don't like each other that are like kind of stuck inside the house and are yelling at each other and screaming at each other. And, you know, despite the bigger problems going on outside in the world, which, you know, considering what is currently happening, it's it's a very, very interesting tale to watch now, knowing what we know. So uh, I really enjoyed it. The animation is basic, but it's for what it's needed. It it works. It's its own artistic style. It's a graphical style, which I really enjoyed. And yeah, just it had some funny moments too. Uh, I've watched this a few times. Uh, we had uh, those up sort of on the table, which is out of nowhere, but it's just hilarious. Uh, stop shaking your eyes. There's also a part where you see like a bunch of rockets flying around and Santa's in the middle of everything. Uh, it even has like a sweet ending. I really did enjoy the ending with. Uh, where they finally get around to checking outside and what happens there. And I, I enjoyed it. it. This is a cool little animation. It's 10, 10 minutes long and it's very worth your time. As for my review, I'm going to give this a free blanks. Uh, not great. Like, it, you know, it, it didn't really like hold my attention or make me, fully think on after the fact that I watched it, but it was still uh, held my attention, made me enjoy it and stuff like that. So yeah, guys, definitely check this out and uh, I'll check you later when I finally uh, catch up. And then from there, we're going back to dailies. I will uh, not try and make this a habit. It was just uh, something that came up, couldn't uh, get around it. So uh, enjoy yourself, guys. Friday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast. Back again with another daily movie review. And now it gets weird. It gets so bloody weird. I watched Peanut Butter Solution, a 1985 family movie directed by Michael Rubbo. Alright, how do I explain this? How do I explain this? Whole goddamn thing. A child by the name of Michael goes to 
a burnt down house and is so terrified by the ghosts there that he loses his hair. From that then on, he is bullied for being a, a bold child. And then the same ghosts who scared him give him a solution, a.k.a. the peanut butter solution. And this then makes his hair grow so much that in between shots, his hair is just getting longer and longer. So much so that he is getting bullied. He has to constantly cut it. It's almost alive. And that's not even including other parts of the plots of this movie. We have some weirdo called Sergio or Senor who is stealing children to make paintbrushes out of Michael's hair. And then some weird painting makes him go back and deal with a ghost and then everything's fine. Um, So that is the movie in a nutshell. And I'm going to be honest, I like a good, you know, silly daft movie, you know, dumb. This is way too much. And then to add on to it, you also got Celine Dion in her first English language movies, uh, English language music. So you got Celine Dion, your weird ass plot. Michael Hogan is a saving grace, aka Soul Tide from the amazing Battlestar Galactica. Uh, this movie is very Quebec. Just, just saying, if you like your uh, stuff, Quebecanese or whatever, definitely check it out. Um, but for regular people, regular non-insane people, uh, shout out people from Quebec. I'm cool with you, but this, if this is any indication of your childhood, then my God. Uh, this is going to be a one one blank. I, I, I wish I could give it zero. Uh, this is bad. <laughs> this is so bad. It's almost amazing. It's it's almost like going from one to five, but then it goes back to one again. It like kind of circles it a bunch of times. Uh, it's nonsensical in parts. I I had to like look up. Um, it can be boring too, despite the insanity involved. Um, yeah, it's just it's nuts. You can find it. Good luck if you want to check it out. But jeez, so. From there, Susie Week is almost over. We're at the weekend portion. Uh, so, but luckily, I've saved the best two for last. Uh, one is a, and when I say the best, I also mean insane because apparently she likes insane stuff because I'm going to be doing for this weekend a Terry Gilliam movie and a David Lynch movie. So, apparently, my missus is nuts. See, see you tomorrow, guys. Saturday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Podcast, back with another daily movie review, and we continue Susie Week. Susie is my other half, and what we are doing is letting her pick for the whole week and seeing how I got, go along with this. And as we uh, draw to a close, we kind of saved 
the best two movies in her opinion for last as I checked out Brazil, a movie directed by Terry Gilliam of uh, Monty Python fame. He has directed a ton of movies I love, uh, the main one being 12 Monkeys. And confession time, I have never actually seen this movie before. Uh, oftentimes with movie watchers, you have those movies that kind of slip you by. And I decided this would be the perfect opportune time for me to get in touch with more movies like this. And of course, my uh, other half suggested this. Now, let's get into this. Let's get into this movie. This movie is real good. Re from everything, from the script, the directing, the set design, the acting, it is a strong, strong movie. It is a dystopian movie in nature in that it's a, uh, a future world where it's dark and dreary and oppressive and everything like that. But unlike most dystopian movies, there's this underlying humor to it, which is kind of like a Terry Gilliam, Monty Python kind of flair to it. And phew, just everything. Like The one thing that I could also take away from this is the set design and the props. Everything in this movie just feels like it's its own thing that was made just for this movie, that everything was meticulously made just for this and was built around there. This, the world that was shown in this movie is just outright sh shit bananas. And as I kept watching it, I kept getting more and more interested. And I think the reason why I do like it is that even though there is that comedic tone, it really punches up the dark nature of this movie. Uh, at the end of this, uh, it's one of the darkest endings I've seen in a long while. And it hits so well that it's fantastic. Uh, the alternate title for this movie was 1984 and a half. And honestly, um, I've never read 1984, but I've been told I've been told of its premise and its themes and everything like that. And I can see that too. Apparently Terry Gilliam never actually read 1984 like me and basically just based it on what he heard. And I could see that vision just based on what I heard when people told me about 1984. Um, once again, I'm going to go back into the set design, just everything. It really does look like dark and, dingy throughout um every time he's at work at the office it's just this horrible gray and you know the only color in this movie is during his dream sequences which are absolutely beautiful to look at uh even for a movie in 1985 i my mouth was like my jaw just dropped at all these beautiful sequences as he's flying around uh, Robert De Niro, who apparently did this movie for free just because he wanted to be in this movie, uh, is an absolute delight. I've never, before Meet the Parents, I've never knew that he was in a movie like this. And he really holds it up. He's really fun and entertaining. Apparently, it was a pain in the ass to deal with because what was meant to be a week worth of shooting ended up being two. But uh, he's just he was a delight the main the main the main actor uh jonathan price 
who I love in a lot of stuff, uh, including Game of Thrones. And he also had a really fun turn in this Doctor Who special uh, called uh, Curse of the Undying Death, where he played the master, and he was fantastic in that too. Uh, you got Bob Hoskins uh, kind of almost channeling a pre-Super Mario Brothers style acting. I do... I almost felt like this was like an extension of his character from Super Mario Brothers, uh, just because of the, the closeness of it and the way that movie ended up being. I wonder if there's a... Uh, and then we've got also got Michael Palin. Michael Palin is a member of the Monty Python, and he is a lot of, a lot of fun in this, and he takes quite a dark turn in this as well, and it's fantastic to look at. And... Uh, in home, uh, Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings is fantastic too. Everybody in this movie, and there's so many more. It's uh, pretty much a who's who, especially of British uh, acting, just fantastic all around. And you need, if you like dystopian, if you like Monty Python, this is the movie for you. This is fantastic. I really... And here's the thing, like the ending was kind of like, eh, all right. But then now that I'm like 20 minutes away from it, the more and more I think of it, the more and more I'm like, holy shit, it really takes a while to set in because you're kind of overloaded from the senses, from all this interesting look and art and stuff like that, that once you walk away from you're like, oh, oh, this, this is a full blank movie. Yeah, there we go figured i'd try and uh, throw it in rather than just do my as for the review thing but definitely check this out if you can find a copy of this or any way you can definitely check it out it it's a strong strong movie and uh, as for tomorrow we are going into the wild wild world of david lynch which is actually going to be the second david lynch movie i've ever seen wish me luck and i'll catch you guys tomorrow Sunday. Hey everybody, James here for Beaver's podcast. Going slow apparently with uh, the way I'm saying that because we are at the end of Susie week and I just got through watching Lost Highway, a David Lynch movie that came out in 1997 starring Bill Pullman, Patricia Arquette, and a lot of other good actors. And this one. All right. So previously on the podcast, I, I've not seen much of in the way of David Lynch. And you're going to see a lot of pregnant pauses on this because it's me trying to figure out the thing I've just seen. Because so the whole movie is about a character who played by Bill Port. Pullman and what happens is he is uh he does a crime and from there we go down and there's a lot of oddness uh interesting characters and just from like it's very David Lynch in that it is kind of a dreamscape in that you don't know what you're watching is actually happening or if it's all part of a delusion, a dream or whatever. So 
trying to review a David Lynch movie is, in my opinion, almost impossible because you kind of have to talk about it in a transcended way to fully understand what is going on and to properly get the idea of what is behind it. And then you have to talk about it and then you have to try and even explain it. And it's like, how, how do I do this? So I've come into this and I've, I've pretty much, it's been a few hours since I've watched it and I'm still almost trying to, but from what I'm going to take away, this is, it's, it's very straightforward but then there's just bits and pieces that really like kind of get you. Uh, it has a almost abrupt ending to it. And so uh, acting is really well done. Uh, the set designs and everything like that is really good. The writing is uh, immense. Uh, it was typical David Lynch twist and turns, but I actually could follow it too. Like it's a very fun thing to, to watch. And it's so God damn. Like just trying to explain, like I said, a David Lynch movie in itself is tough. But with this, and it's fantastic. And then to look into the background of this movie that it was pretty much two writers writing two separate movies and then at the end trying to combine it into one movie and that a lot of the ideas that they get kept getting scrapped and then they was returning to it. And it's a very, it was a very fun exercise to see what is what. Um, like I said, immense acting. Patricia Arquette, who is one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is true. And that's one of my favorite Nine on Elm Street movies is uh dream warriors and so to see her in this and she's completely different um and she's fantastic and then robert uh Lagia, uh he he plays a military general in independence day i loved his character in this there's this whole uh part where he is road raging because someone is tailgating him and he freaks out and is basically screaming at someone. Apparently, the whole basis for that was that he wanted to be in Blue Velvet. And then what happened was they he didn't get it at all. And apparently, the, the rant that he gave David Lynch was like the basis for his character in this and almost recreated it with the road raging incident. Uh, th there's... a. Uh, if, if anything, this feels like uh, if you ever played the game Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, you know what I mean in in that uh, with the twist. And it's, it's engaging. I was wondering, it actually inspired me an idea for my own thing, which I'm actually kind of writing down now. That is, that is David Lynch in essence, in my opinion. Whereas yesterday I spoke about Brazil and I was... Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. I took it. Whereas David Lynch really just is really, in my opinion, inspirational in that people can interpret it and then, you know, go, well, what if it was this way? And so they gain their own ideas and their own influence and stuff like that. And just a lot of fun. A lot. I, I, I'm definitely throughout this, this year of daily movie reviews, I'm going to do a lot of David Lynch. One of my goals is to finish 
and try and watch every single David Lynch movie. So I'm very excited to do that. As for my review, it's super tough to uh, review it, but I'm going to put this down as a four blanks. Um, actually, no, you know, five blanks, five blanks. This uh, is phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I'm still thinking of it to, the, to this moment. Uh, it really makes me question what I saw, but it, like a lot of stuff is going to take away. Uh, funny enough, when I was talking to Suzanne about this, she was mentioning to me that she forgot every single part of Brazil when she watched, you know, when she uh, came to rewatch it with me. But with Lost Highway, it was something that she remembers even to this day. And like verbatim, she can remember it. She remembers the soundtrack, which is wonderful also. So for that, so five blanks, it's, you know, the second one ever. And so starting next week, um, it's back to uh, regular reviews, no theme this time. And one of them is actually the one that actually recently got released and it was uh, filmed here in Winnipeg. So we are going to be watching The Ice Road, if that is the correct term. I, f- I, f- I forgot the title already. I'm going to watch it later. And I will uh, let you know if I got it right this time. So thank you guys for... Uh, watching and I'll check you out next time.